for just about everything for the outdoors, go to MidwayUSA.com. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Happy Tuesday, everybody. Today is February 16th, 2021, and today's guest is Kurt Geyer from the Working Class Bowhunter Podcast. Welcome to the Fall Podcast. I am your host, Aaron Blasey, and today is episode 147. Happy late Valentine's Day to all the wives and the girlfriends and significant others out there that, uh, you know, allow us and let us go and do all the stuff that we like to do in the fall, and that's hunt. So happy Valentine's Day to you guys. We really appreciate everything that you let us do, especially my wife. Uh, she's a saint. I love her very much, and I couldn't thank her enough for letting me do what I love to do the most and that's hunting filming and just living the outdoor lifestyle so she she deals with a lot of my crap every fall and has for the last 11 years and she takes it like a champ I really appreciate that so enough of that I guess I want to get today to today's podcast with Kurt Geyer from the Working Class Bowhunter podcast and and honestly I can't say enough about Kurt Geyer enough good things because this guy, you know, I've said it before, I've had him on the podcast. He's an OG. He's, you know, one of the guys that paved the way in the podcast world. And I can't thank him enough. And I've told him this before, but, you know, he he inspired me. You know, one of the inspirations to for me to, to get this podcast going. And I can't thank him enough for, for doing that. He didn't even say anything to me. He didn't, you know, do anything. It was just him having his platform, the Working Class Bowhunter podcast, and, you know, just inspiring me in so many ways. And today's podcast is a little different. We don't necessarily get into like a nitty gritty tactics or anything like that. It's kind of a BS session, but I had a whole bunch of questions that listeners, you know, sent in and it's it's a really opinionated 
I shouldn't say opinionated, but it's it's opinion podcast. You know, we talk about whisker biscuits. We talk about saddle hunting and stand hunting. We talk about just a variety of things. And, and I kind of put Kurt on the spot a little bit and just ask him his opinion on it and, and all the stuff that, you know, he thinks. And honestly, the first thing we get into is why is hunting so competitive? Why has it become so competitive amongst each other? And that's like the first thing we talk about. But it is, you know, and I really wish it wasn't that way. But that's the way that our world is right now. And it hopefully we can get back to just that good old wholesome, you know, outdoor lifestyle where everybody's happy and just enjoys the outdoors and enjoys what everybody else is doing as well. So, but yeah, that's kind of today's podcast. Before I get over to that though, I do want to let you guys know we are in the midst of designing a new merch line for the fall podcast. So that is going to be hitting going live here soon. I just want to let you guys know that we're going to have new t-shirts, new hoodies, new hats, um, and new designs, everything. They're really cool. Finalizing those as we speak right now to get those out to everybody. I've got tons of people asking, like we want stickers, we want, you know, shirts, hats, hoodies, stuff like that. And it's just hard to, to do it and keep the inventory. And, you know, I don't have a website, so I kind of do it I like to call it like a getaway. So I'm going to do a pre-order, I believe. So whoever's listening to this and if you're interested in some merch, I'm going to start letting it go live here in a little bit so you guys can see all the designs and everything like that on shirts and hats and hoodies. And uh, I'm going to do a pre-order and just kind of recoup everything there and I'm going to get it all made. And once we have it established, then we can start like, you know, if you want a, a onesie, twosies kind of thing order it and it'll we'll work on probably have you dm me what you want what size what style and you'll be able to see all these too so um have a unique way of kind of how i'm going to present it on social media and that's what i'm gonna do right now i I don't really want to get a website i don't see the use of a website right now to be honest with you i don't make any money on my podcast it's just something i love to do in the passion so i'm using all this money (laughs) for my my own money to to get everything out there so um, just kind of looking to recoup a little bit of that back, not looking to get rich or anything because I just love doing this stuff. And, and, uh, I appreciate everybody, you know, all the feedback that they've given me, all the support. I really, truly appreciate that. It means so much. So thank you guys very much for that. So I guess look for the merch to come out here soon. I can't, I'm going to say within the next week or two, I'll start releasing what it's going to look like and then we'll get the pre-order started. So I'll let everybody know. But uh, yeah, I guess look for that. So with that being said, let's go over this uh, interview with with Kurt Geyer. And uh, thank you guys very much. One of my favorite guests on, Kurt Geyer from the Working Class Bowhunter. And now, Kurt, before I do kind of get into this, you will be episode number two of the Working Class Guys because I just had one with Chandler, which you got a lot to live up to because Chandler pretty much knocked it out of the park. So. He's a hard guy to follow, man. First of all, thanks for having me back. Um, and I appreciate you saying I'm one of your favorite guests. That's <laughs> probably a lie, but I'll uh, I'll take it as a compliment. Um, no, dude, Chandler is, one, he's the most humble dude in the whitetail game, I think. Um, and I feel like he's like newly discovered through us as far as the whitetail industry is concerned. But the guy has just done it all. Like He's got one of every whitetail that you've, you'd ever want. But he's so humble and he's so knowledgeable. Sometimes it takes a lot to like pry out of him. But once you kind of get him cracked open, the knowledge just kind of rolls out. It's pretty awesome. Agreed, man. And he is, dude, he's just a wealth of knowledge. And I just, I even said it, I don't know if I said it in recording. I might have said it when we were recording. But I was like, dude, this is the first time I've ever talked to him. But I'm like, man, I, I feel like I've talked to you my whole life. 
Like I just felt like I knew him, you know, we just kind of hit it off really well. And that guy, like you said, he's humble, but he is a big buck killing machine and he knows his shit. Yeah, very calculated man, and he's easy to talk to. And literally, he will talk to anyone for as long as you sit there and want to talk to him. Like, he just loves deer. He's super passionate about it. And I kind of made it a goal, like meeting him and Ross Bigger through the podcast, and they've now become hosts of the show. Um, I just made a goal to surround myself with people like that because it just makes you a better hunter and a better person, I think. Yeah, definitely. Well, I appreciate you coming on and doing this. We've got about a half hour to 45 minutes to record here. And uh, I know carving out time for you, you guys put out a lot of podcasts. And if anybody's been living under a rock for the last six years, go check out Working Class Bowhunter. They're doing really good shit over there. Have been forever. So um, I want to get that out there. But first, so today's podcast, we're going to get into a wide variety of shit. And, you know, I told you I get a lot of uh, people submitting, you know, basically some questions of if anybody's familiar with your podcast you guys do the unpopular opinion which i love that um i don't want to like rip it off from you but i've got a lot of questions that i haven't figured out a podcast where we can do that so i figured today having you on why not do that because you can you know you're the asshole right like you can play that (laughs) i'm the garbage disposal of this extra podcast questions that you just have to (laughs) exactly i like it so yeah (laughs) the first one i'm going to start off with here is in your opinion now this is opinion based why has hunting gotten so competitive what do you think social media and just uncontrollable egos right off the rip that's like the first thing that came to my head um dude it's the internet man like that automatically makes people like weird internally mentally they see somebody doing this or saying they're doing this or killing this buck or getting this buck on camera. And it just turns into this weird secondhand competition, like man to man or whatever, when really it just needs to be the competition between you and whatever you're hunting. Agreed. I mean, and you know, when you were growing up, was it always like, you know, when somebody killed something, whatever it is, it was always very positive, wasn't it? I mean, is that how you grew up that was that was the that was the world i was in it was always like holy shit let's you know i remember my dad's like let's crack a beer and you know let's drink and you kill a six-pointer that's great you know (laughs) yeah i think it was different then for me because i really didn't have a lot of friends my age that hunted when i was a kid and they were all older more role model types so i was stoked to even see a big buck when they'd kill one and they were just happy for me to kill one as i was can, you know, going, killing a bigger buck or shooting goals through my deer hunting, I guess, uh, progression. Yep. So I think it was a little different then, but not the, if I would have had more friends my age, that I still don't think it would have been a competition. I think we all would have been happier for each other or whatever. But, uh, for me, it was just my role models were watching me kill deer growing up and I was watching them kill deer. So it was just kind of a positive environment either way. Yep. And I really feel like you know, if, if you in the back of your head are thinking like, I've got to kill a buck to put one on the wall because Kurt Geyer's got how many bucks on the wall that I feel like you're doing this for the wrong reasons. You need to really check yourself. Agreed. Agreed. And I feel a lot of people get pulled into that with social media. And that's probably part of the reason why you see a lot of these guys trying to be influencers and getting caught up on like weird poaching charges or doing something dirty or did this. And I think that is probably the main reason that plays into a lot of that, especially newer hunters. Yeah. D- damn social media. What the hell, man? Just, a, a, devil. just a killer. It, it is, but now it's like to even build 
something like imagine not having any source of social media and doing a podcast and getting like getting getting the episodes out there getting how would you do it it's a necessary evil man it is <laughs> I fucking hate it, it. really is it, <laughs> it, it sucks but you got to have it when you're trying to do a media based company yeah i agree all right next one this one is one of the debates of all debates and it's tree saddle versus tree stand <laughs> 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 yeah um whatever you want to hunt with man do it we we make fun of the tree saddle thing sarcastically on the podcast and we do it so much and our sarcasm is pretty dry like we're serious and we're really not um it, whatever works for you as far as like the mobile hunting game is concerned do it um doesn't mean we're not going to make fun of you and <laughs> we make fun of ourselves but we make fun of it so much in a joking manner that it's kind of just been like Every time we talk to someone at a trade show, it's like, well, Kurt, I know you hate saddles. And I also, I have to be like, no, I don't hate saddles. Like I'm kidding, but it's funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is funny. You were, I don't know what episode it was. I, I listened to it the other day. I was going back and listening to some of your stuff and, um, you guys were talking about tree saddles. They're like the hipsters or something like that. Yeah, of, yeah. <laughs> but, well, you, you get the ropes and carabiner nerds involved and it's more about like tying tie knots, knots and, <laughs> and, you know, ascenders and all this different shit where it's like, man, if you put half the amount of effort into killing deer, you could already just been in the tree killing deer. It's, I get it. It's part of the fun is nerding out on it, but see yeah. what I mean? I'm making fun of it sarcastically. So then people take it the wrong way. As far as the tree stand saddle thing, baseline, who gives a shit? Just do what you want. Yeah. Well, and <laughs> I'm tired of hearing it. <laughs> the cool th- and that's why I brought it up because I know you've been beat to death with it basically. But <laughs> oh, God, yeah, I have. <laughs> uh, the thing with you though, I mean, you guys, the whole you know WCB crew, um, uh, is you guys you make fun of it, and same with me. I do the same thing. I I throw shade on my friends too. I got friends that use saddles now, and it's like, oh. You know, I got one buddy, one of my best friends. He's like, I used to hunt out of a saddle, you know, back in 2010 and 11. I hunted out of a saddle and back then and still to this day, he was like, man, you know, it that that's stupid. You know, why would you do that? And then he literally called me last week. He's like, oh, I just got my new saddle in. And I'm like, you son yeah. of a bitch. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's, it's all good fun. You know, that's part yeah. of the fun of like giving your boys shit about everything they do, no matter, no matter what, whether you like it or not. Um, yeah, that, that's getting beat to death, man. And a lot of media outlets in the hunting industry are riding that trend. The what's better. And they do these, just tacky one-off videos on saddles versus tree stands. And I'm, in my head, who gives a shit anymore? Yep. Just go (laughs) kill over. (laughs) 2020s behind us. Let's, argue about something else let's go back to broadheads yep definitely <laughs> go back to broadheads <laughs> or foc one of those two <laughs> right anything else i don't care <laughs> all right next one is uh would you shoot a whisker biscuit i did i have, have for you? a long time okay. yeah and that goes back to something me being sarcastic i did a post about i i, I said a post sarcastically joking right for interaction if you shoot a whisker biscuit, don't give me advice on hunting. <laughs> and dude, it was like, it blew up. People were like lighting me up and just, just eating me alive over it. I'm like, guys, I shot a whisker biscuit for like 10 years. <laughs> but honestly, man, even though it looks like you're showing up with a 
you know, a, a basically a thong around your bow or something. I don't know how you want to put it, but you know, it, it's, it is a, like a really good rest. I mean, fail proof beginners. Yes. Beginners. beginners and, and women. If you know, if you're haven't been into it much, but I mean, it's, it could be a good rest. I got nothing against the whisker biscuit, but it's funny to make fun of just how the saddles are funny to make fun <laughs> of. And uh, my buddy chip city, he's like, he made up a good point. He's like, if you shoot a whisker biscuit, does it technically make your brace height zero? <laughs> and i was like wow I, maybe i don't know enough to to really say that's a fact but something to think about yeah i guess i mean i haven't even <laughs> thought of it that way i guess your arrows <laughs> touching your bow all the way yeah into at least the riser really uh, that does that's a good point yeah something to think about i'm just saying <laughs> that's kind of mind-blowing actually that's a good point i know <laughs> he, he did one of those like you know the point to your temple when he tilted his head like think about it you know think about it yeah all right so talking a little bit about broadheads first of all what broadhead do you shoot shoot a mixture right now i'm kind of in between what i want to do um as far as shooting for 2021 but i've been shooting the slick trick raptor trick on the expandables and then i've shot the slick trick viper trick which is a fixed blade um and i played around with a couple like sever and 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 all that and so, but I'd say if I had to be like, this is the one I've been shooting. The Slick Trick Viper Trick is the one that has been the most consistent up to this point. Okay, what made you land on that? We work with Elite Bows, and the basically outdoor group, the parent company, is Elite and Slick Trick. Yep. And I'm like, well, I better try that. Austin Ross shot Slick Trick for a long time, and they're like, hey, you got to try these out. Um, so it kind of went from shooting Elite. Ross and Austin shot Elite for a long time. And Ross had the slick tricks there. Ross has a, um, not so much anymore, but he had this own little like appointment only bow shop that he had in his, uh, his pole barn. Okay. And he gave me a couple of them and I shot a few deer with them and was just mind blown by them and, uh, just kind of stuck inside that slick trick family for a few years. So now the, the fixed blade that you shot, was that a three or four blade? Cause I know they make a four blade, right? Um, man, put me on the spot. I'm drawing a blank. It's been, um, two seasons since I shot that. I think it's a four blade. I shot a 125 grain head. I went to Colorado for an elk hunt and I came back and hunted whitetails with them and they flew amazing. Um, and they just destroyed everything I shot. So you said um, that was the Viper trick, the Viper trick. Yeah. I shot 125 grain Viper trick. I got you. And I might go back to that this year, depending if I, I don't know. I haven't decided. I'm still playing around. We'll see. Well, it, that kind of leads me to my next thing is like mechanical versus, you know, fixed blade because that's a huge thing right now too. Um, you know, that goes with the heavy arrows, the FOC. I'm literally building new arrows as we speak for next year. Um, and the reason why I'm doing that is because this time of year, every year I feel like I come off the road and I'm like, okay, I need to get this for next year. I need to do this. I want to do it now. I need, I, you know, it's like, this yeah. is my time I like geek out on stuff and I get it done before spring. So then I don't have to worry about it in spring and summer. So that's like kind of where I'm at. Like, you know, I shoot rage. Wow. I've shot rage for 10 years now and have had nothing but good luck. Cause the rage thing is like, you know, either you love them or hate them. It's usually it is. basically what it is. I've done nothing but love them. Um, I, I honestly am probably going to buy a pack of those hypodermics. Yep and play with them because everyone that I know as of recent years, I feel like rage was different back when they first hit the scene to what it is now, just from talking to people. 
And uh, everyone that shoots the Rage hypodermics in my circle that I know is like, dude, they're devastating. So I'm probably going to buy a pack and play with them. So I, I've shot the hypodermics for since 2014 or 15 now. And, I mean, they keep keep coming out with new broadheads, and I've sh- I've shot that broadhead. I've played around with some other broadheads, some Ramcats, um, some Rec broadheads, but... I have a pack of those sitting on the studio table right now. I'm about to play with them. That's one I... The Recs? Yep. Okay. Yep. Yep. Matt, um, Matt's from Michigan. I know Matt pretty well. I've had him on the podcast and stuff, too. He's a really good dude. Um, I've talked to him on the phone. Seems like an awesome guy. Yeah, he is. Really good dude. But is for the the rage hypodermics. I mean, I got nothing nothing bad to say. If if I had anything to say, and this goes with like a lot of mechanicals. After I do more research, is like I I get zero zero pass throughs. It feels like I haven't what, I haven't passed it? through a deer in probably eight years. Really? Yes. Everything okay, is so lodged. That's that's where my experience kind of differs a little bit. Um. I've had both with this, with the Raptor tricks. Um, I, I, but I think it's shot placement, you 100%, know? Yeah. Um, mo- I aim for double lung. I'm not a heart guy. Yep. You know, or especially if they're close. That makes but sense I'll, though, because I'm a heart guy. I aim for heart, you know? So getting shoulders, if, depends, getting, if they're further, I aim for heart. Cause especially when I like a buck or it depends if it's late season, of course, you know? Yep. Um, but I'm a double lung guy, you know, maybe, maybe low double lung, if you will, just above the heart. Yep. Uh, but back, back just a touch. I don't like to mess around with that shoulder too much, especially, um, uh, like creepy, the buck that, that I hunted for a few years. Um, I tried to aim as safe double lung as I could without causing an issue, but, yep. and you know, honestly, since 2016, every deer that I've shot with a hypodermic, I've seen them drop. So that's good. Yeah. That's- High high odds, man. You got to go for that. It's hard to argue with that success. Yep. And and honestly, no pass throughs. But I see them all die. So I'm like, well, you know. <laughs> well, is it not a pass through because you're hitting offside shoulder? Is it? You know what I mean? Is it that? Yeah. Is well, this year I shot a doe late season um, here in Michigan, like December like ninth or tenth or something like that. It buried to the fletching. I could just see my fletching coming out of the right side. And as she was running away, the finally after like 30 yards, the arrow popped out. Once the arrow popped out, she like stopped and she's at 40 yards and she's just like looking around. I'm like, oh shit, what is going to happen here? You know, like that split moment of like something happened to her and she's just like, well, this is time. Boom. Falls right there. And I'm no like, kidding. wow. Yeah. But honestly, I have not got the shots where it's like zip right through and you know, uh, actually, I take that back. In 2015, 2015 was the last deer I blew through. Shot it with a Rage Hypodermic, um, 12 yards. Shot right through. It was it was kind of low. Um, heart shot right through. Blitz through him. He ran off. I watched him run for 65 yards and seen him fall. That was the last deer that passed through. I don't. I'm not really like the pass through. All it gives you. I mean, and this is. A, a situational and people could argue with me on this, but in, in general terms, the passer gives you that immediate at the shot. Okay. Two holes. I'm good. Yep. You know, like it gives you the immediate, like, okay, we're, we're in the biz, but if, you know, if you bury in that offside shoulder or bury to the fletching, especially with like an expandable, if it's in that offside shoulder and you know, that deer's just laying it all down and that broadheads in there working. Yep. That's just as good. Oh, if not sure. better. Yeah. But 
like I said, there's gonna be somebody to write in and be like, Kurt's an asshole. Yeah, we'll get something. <laughs> I'll 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 make sure I forward it to you. Cool. <laughs> I'll make sure I'll uh, I'll I'll screenshot it and post it on our story on the working class page. There you go. Yeah. So think about it for you send that message. But yep. that's uh, just my experience. You know, I, that's all I can speak from. Well, and it's fun too to to kind of see your experience and mine. Me, I don't get pass throughs. You, on the other hand, do. But we've had kind of this similar success. Like I lost one deer this year. Complete. I I did pass through a deer this year, and that's something I have not gotten into yet. But I mean, I could show you the shot. It is ten out of ten times this thing is double lunged. Um, mm-hmm. But I think I got a really bad ricochet, and I tried a different broadhead. I'm not going to throw that broadhead out there right now under mm-hmm. the bus. But um, oh, come on, I'm the guy that's the garbage disposal. You, yeah, I can't I'm, do that. Can't do I know, that. Right I know. <laughs> I'm <laughs> that guy right yet. now. No tractor, <laughs> 370 yards, lost blood with a no with kidding. a pass through. Yeah, yeah. I've had that experience once on a doe on film, so I knew where I hit it, and uh, I'll name drop the broadhead. I don't care, and I, I, it's just my experience. I'm not saying it's a shit broadhead, all, but it was an NAP kill zone. I wasn't a fan. Okay, yep. And so. I've heard good and bad about those too. That that's like a love or hate broadhead as well. Yep, that's my experience from talking to people. That's it's a fifty fifty broadhead. Yep. All right, so I'm just going through my notes here, make sure we get everything. Um. Oh, this one I really, really wanted to ask you because you killed both your bucks in late October this year. So, and I'm sure you've killed more deer in late October as well. But in your opinion, mm. is late October better than early November? Mm. Man, I I don't know. <laughs> is that a fair answer because i know it's all situational but like you know in your opinion and your situations is late october better than early november has anyone ever done that on your podcast been like i don't know and then just like that's the answer you got chandler did last week <laughs> did he <do> it? <laughs> but i didn't i didn't uh i didn't ask the question very good i don't think because he's like Aaron, I don't know if I'm really following you on the question. And I'm like, shit. <laughs> That's very Chandler. Um, see, me, I would have been like belligerent and just gave you some bullshit answer, no matter if I understood the question or not. No, um, you're good. No, I, I don't think that late October is necessarily better than the first week of November. I think it depends. Like, it's hard to beat the first week of November in the Midwest. Like, there's something about it's just game time in the air. You know, it's anything can happen at any time. It's beautiful. But I think predictability wise, if that's what you're going for specific deer, which is kind of what I was doing a 50, 50, what I was doing. Um, my situation was unique. And I think I told this on one of your podcasts in the past, the whole story, Yep. but I I think if you want to get on a specific deer late October was the time to do it because just the, they're a little, obviously they're more predictable because they're not on does they're not running rampant. Um, so if you're doing that, yeah, I like late October better. If you have lowish pressure on your ground, um, and, and all that considered, yep. um, but yeah, I would say depends what you're hunting, you know, like I was, I was going for this really unique tight rack buck with a little drop time with a lot of times. And he was just something I had never seen before. And I thought he was cool. So yeah, it worked out great for me because I killed the deer I was after, you know. For sure, yeah, and I I do realize that question could be very situational because my farm, one of my farms here in Michigan, if you're like, what days do you want to kill on your farm here? Best chances, give me the 
22nd through the 31st of October all day. Yeah. I, and I'll be like, if I only get eight to 10 days to hunt on this farm in Michigan, those are the days I'm hunting. Um, and it happened again this year and I just missed the deer. Uh, so it was just like, it's just a magical time in this area, but you know, you go to, and then I turn around, but honestly, I haven't been able to be here the first week or first 10 days in November in like nine years in Michigan to hunt. I'm always on the road hunting somewhere. So it's like, I don't get to see that here, but I mean, well, I mean, it's hard to argue with, man, if you have those days in October picked out and then you got to be gone somewhere else and you can still get it done. Like, or at least get your opportunity, you know? Yep. Yeah, for sure. Okay, now the next one is, are you for shooting does or no shooting does? I'm very for shooting does. Um, I like to shoot does. Um, I'm not as concerned with shooting does. The older I get and the more experience I have, um, I my family pretty much our source of red meat is 100% venison okay. or animals I hunt. So I always try to shoot a doe early. Um, or at least in October. Um, and then we'll see. I shot one doe this year, but I also like, I shot a bear and an antelope, um, earlier in the year too. So I wasn't as hard pressed, like a doe and my two bucks got me where I needed to be for the year. And we'll eat that down, um, before the next hunting season. But yeah, I'm for shooting does. I think it's great practice. I think it's, it's great meat first off, but it is great practice, especially, um, one, you're on blood trails Two, you're getting animals in front of you and you're drawn back and you're going through the process. So when you have a big buck in front of you, that you've been working hard to get on and it's crunch time. I feel like you're a little more, you're a little more comfortable where you need to be, you know? Yep. Yeah. And so. I say the same thing too, because you look at, you know, athletes, they practice five days a week, six days a week. You know, they get to go practice to me, shooting does is your practice. Like that's your, yeah. you know, that's your time to to go well, out there and do it. This might be a, a far-fetched reference, but hopefully you can follow me here. Conor McGregor just got knocked out by Dustin Poirier last weekend. Yep. <laughs> in, in the post-fight interview, he said, inactivity is not the way to the game. He goes, the more you're in here, the more cozy you're going to get in here, and that's what basically leads to success. So, 100%, the, the man. Same thing. Yeah, and I'll even try to, like, like this last fall, I shot a doe late season. December, I think it was December 9th I shot her. It was colder in balls. It was 18 degrees, and that's the time I'm like, okay, yeah, I do want some meat, but I'm like, it's colder and shit, but I want to go out there and I want to practice with all my shit on, like extra layers, and like that's when I like really try to fine-tune my layering system for late season and not be like the Michelin man, Um, you know what (laughs) I mean? And I hate wearing gloves. I hate wearing gloves all the time when I'm hunting. I never wear them. It's a it's a big problem. I don't either. And it, well, I shouldn't say I don't either. I do wear. You'll see me wearing gloves. They're usually fingerless gloves. But if I'm getting ready, if I see deer, they come off. I never shoot a deer with a glove on. Um, you know, and yeah. that's just the way. But I like practicing those things as well. And yeah. for sure, but, I don't care what anyone says. Hot hands should be our biggest sponsor. Hundred <laughs> percent. Like people are like, oh, you're a bitch if you use hot hands. I'm like, hey, listen, I I don't shoot with gloves on in the summer, and I'm not about to shoot with them in the winter. Nope. I've went as far as duct taping them on my shirt and my kidneys because I didn't have like the stick ons. So yeah, like, I know exactly. That's where <laughs> I get cold too. Yep. Got to get those kidneys warm, man. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> um, let's see here. 
Uh, okay, this is something I I need to elaborate. I need you to elaborate a little more on with the guy shooting the cr- almost shooting you with a crossbow. Oh, God damn what it. the hell happened here? I had to bring it up. No, so and I would have done it differently looking back. So on our podcast, I don't remember this would have been a podcast we put out probably mid late October. I was hunting a newer property. They got I lost the property and then gained this property. Pro- private and, land, right? This private ground, which makes it even worse, this whole situation. Um, it's hard to explain without going into too many details and giving away the spot. But it probably doesn't really matter because I honestly don't know if I'm ever going back. And that was the last time I was there. I left trail cameras out there and everything. So um, I'm going to go back. I'm sure they're stolen. I got this new property. I ran uh, trail cameras on it. And there's I had two giants on there. Like two, Both of them would have been the biggest deer that I've ever killed. Like One's in the 70s, typical. Damn. One's in the high 80s is non-typical. Like 17 score, well, just a stud, you know? Yep. And the first time I stayed, I did one hanging hunt there, pulled out. I go in, check my cameras, and it was like someone flipped a light switch. Nothing on any of the cameras. There was a box blind out in the field that wasn't there, and someone didn't have permission to hunt there, but they just pulled a box blind on a trailer out there. Um, guys all over my trail camera. And this property is weird. Like, there's abandoned stuff, like, all over the woods. Um, but it's a big buck area, you know? So I'm like, oh, a little weird. So I go in and do a hanging hunt. I sit in there and I'm like, and the woods had just a strange feeling. It's hard to explain. If anyone's ever had that experience, you you, you know it. But I don't. Have you ever had that feeling? Like in yes. the woods, just something's off with it. Yes, you're almost and, like you're scared walking into it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It had, I had that feeling in daylight walking in, and there was always rumors of guys keeping fighting dogs down in the woods there and stuff like back in the day. Jesus. And uh, like so. Just like you had that feeling already. Like, man, I'm going to get attacked by some rabid dog. <laughs> but I'm sitting in there, and I get down just before dark because I'm like, I'm going to get the hell out of here. I'm not familiar with this place. First time on this north end of this ground at all. So I, I get down. I pull my stand, and I'm like, man, there could be those big bucks could be in here somewhere. I'm just going to slip out. Um, I could see walking, but it was getting pretty dark. So I had my light off, and I had my stand on my back, and I got my bow and all my stuff. And I'm walking through quiet and I'm, I'm kind of on the property line and there's like this quad trail that runs from probably a 50 yard stretch of woods and it opens up to this pick bean field. And I have a trail camera right there on that corner of that bean field. And that's where I was getting a bunch of pictures of the big bucks. So I was going to go there and I was going to pull the camera and just get the hell out of there. Well, when I get to the opening where the camera is, I hear somebody say something and then I see somebody stand up like, 15 yards max to my right like in a tree no on the ground and i'm walking you know and i have my light off and you know like you're in the woods the last thing you expect is somebody to say something to you oh my god dude i'm freaked out right now (laughs) so and the guy was in a ghillie suit and so he dude i'm not gonna lie and this sounds ridiculous for 0.03 seconds i thought it was sasquatch like this thing stands up to my right and I can just see a silhouette, you know, and I jump out of my skin and I'm like, excuse my language. I'm like, Oh fuck. And he's like, I almost shot you. And like, I was, that's the first thing he says to you. That's he, what I heard when he first said something, I heard, I think this is thinking back on it. He was going, I think he went, Oh shit. Like he was about to shoot me, like had his finger on the trigger, was about to shoot me. Oh my god! And then he goes, "I almost shot you!" Like he stood up and said, "I almost shot you!" Like in a frantic. 
And I had no idea what he said. Cause I'm on, I don't know. It was hard to explain. It immediately put me on defense. I didn't expect it to happen. It's dark. I didn't have my light on. I talked to the dude it was way nicer to him than I even should have been. Like, I didn't even know, like I couldn't even wrap my head around what I should or shouldn't do at this moment. But I pretty much was just like, I'm never coming back here. See you later. Grab my camera and booked across those fields and got the hell out of there. I wow. should have, I should have probably pulled them up. I'm, I'm cussing on your podcast. Oh, pulled them over the fence and called the DNR and held them down. But he looked like Farva from super troopers. Really? <laughs> if, yeah, dude. <laughs> it, it was just no, no offense to anybody that hunts with crossbows, but he was like this, this dude for sure just bought that new Excalibur double barrel crossbow. He, he, he pre-ordered that stuff. That's that guy. Oh my gosh. Are you sure he didn't match you? Like, you know, <laughs> Dude, he might have, honestly, he might have, but, and as I'm walking across this field, I'm like that dude, he was sitting on the neighbors on his property, you know, and he for sure heard me walking through and he said he saw the sticks on my back and thought it was antlers. What the and hell dude. Guaranteed. He had the crosshairs on my chest. So it, I didn't realize, I didn't realize until I got to my truck. I was like, I almost got shot, like legitimately almost got shot. That is unbelievable, man. And so this guy owns the property next to you. Yeah. He said him and his dad had just bought it. It was like a 40 acre square. And literally that's the last time I've been back to that property. I did not go back. I left trail cameras. And I don't everything. blame you. Did you get the, did you ask the guy's name and like, what the fuck, man? I did, but in like the frantic adrenaline, like just weirdness that I was in, I don't even remember it. I want to say it was Brandon, but I don't know. Holy cow, dude. It, it was, it'd be different if I like saw him and then got to approach him. Like I would have had like, it was just, I was one that scared the living hell out of me. You know, I basically turned inside out because can you imagine walking through the woods and having somebody like jump out at you pretty much? No, that's, oh my God. Yeah, not a fun time, man. It was uh it had me feeling pretty weird for a little while after that. Sorry I brought it back up. <laughs> no, it's all good. And you know, I honestly thought about going a few days later with the DNR officer doing the same thing because I guarantee it he would have been in the same spot doing the same shit. Yeah. Wow. You go you need to go get your trail cams off there. Yeah, There's I got two. Uh, they're long gone, man. They're long gone. I I'm gonna go back and look, but I'm I'm gonna drive my truck through the whole whole place and I'm gonna if I would have owned the ground, I would have put around bales three stacks high along that whole fence line and just blocked him out. Cause I was on my ground. He was shooting yeah. onto our ground, you know, um, just, just shit you don't do. But yeah, if, if I would have owned the ground or, and I guess it's that property. What I know now is notorious for poachers. Um, cause we got guys on quads looking at my, they didn't take my trail cams or nothing, but I just got pictures of them staring at them. And we thought it was one of the old farm hands. Well, we sent to the guy that gave us permission to hunt there. And he's like, no, that's, we have no idea who that is. So wow. me and the two guys that can hunt it, I think we're going to go through and battleground it and just kind of take it back because the potential to kill some giants is there. But I'll be honest, I, I'm pretty, that one thing I'm just kind of like, nah, shy, man, it's weird, man. It's a weird situation to be put in, in the dark with a bow. Oh. You know what I mean? Makes me want to like, make sure I turn my light on now. You know, because I usually I know. don't use a light. I know. Same, you know. it's If I would have had a pistol and been more prepared to quick draw, I would have shot him. 
<laughs> if you hunt by Kurt Guy, you will get shot. <laughs> now you will. <laughs> Especially Jeez. if I'm hunting a new piece of ground and I'm doing a hanging hunt with no light, I'm going to be on that quick draw. You know, I might just buy a crossbow myself and walk around the ghillie suit and shoot at the neighbors. There you go. You can shoot like 100 yards out of the box of those things. So Twice Yeah. with the new double barrel. Yeah, which is mind-blowing. Like, what the hell? The hell are yeah, we man. doing here? I feel strongly about that double barrel one, especially after that situation. So <laughs> it was weird, man. It had me shook up. It really did. I feel like you've been you've been up thinking about like how to paint <laughs> this guy a picture. Like, oh, oh yeah, he looks like Farva, and he's the guy that like you know he he's the guy that ordered the double barrel crossbow. Like, <laughs> oh yeah, I, I made that up on the fly, but I mean, he's that guy, you know? Like, yeah. It's, I don't know, I, he's not the type of dude to listen to hunting podcasts, but I hope somebody that knows him sent him the episode where I go into detail on it, and he's like, God, I'm that guy. Uh, he must have been, he must have been scared too. I mean, don't you think? Like, did he act like it at all? I think he was just scared that he almost killed somebody. Right, yeah. That's what I mean, you know? like, I almost fucked up kind of thing. Like, If he wouldn't have said anything, I would have never known he was there. That's crazy. He looked like a bush, you know? <laughs> and he was, like, sitting between, like, two fence posts on the other side of the barbed wire. And, like, I mean, he was concealed. I got to give him that. Like, if I would have been a deer, he would have got me. Probably would have hit me in the liver, but. <laughs> Just grass bagged your ass. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, he probably would have shot and missed or hit me in, like, the leg, like, Ace Ventura or something crazy, you know? Or in the Achilles, just blown Achilles. <laughs> I would have I ran out in the middle of the field and bedded down, and he would have been frantically trying to reload. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, oh. I mean, it's scary, man. Like, that's how hunting accidents happen. You get guys like that out there with a crossbow. You know, it's like October, middle October. Yeah. That's... You know, you get those fair weather guys that aren't into it, but they want to kill something so bad and taking – Sound shots is the yep. term that came up when we started talking about that. Shooting at sound. You know, not to beat a dead horse here, but I'll, I'll wrap this up here in a minute. But when I was uh, taking hunter safety when I was like 10 or 11, whenever I took it, I remember, you know, and they could have made this up, but, I mean, it definitely st- stuck with me till to this day. Uh, I remember they told a story about a uh, new hunter as a kid. Um, him and his dad were out hunting, and his dad, you know, put him in a tree and you know he's bow hunting so his dad was hunting somewhere else and um got to the point where you know it's dark and time to get down and their thing was like you know always know what you're shooting at like make Mm -hmm. sure you identify what you're shooting at well this kid had this you know heard this some rustling in the you know brush walking to him pulls back shoots you know it goes down his dad's got a freaking arrow in his chest he shot his dad no yeah and like I don't know if they, like, just made up a story to, like, scare the shit out of us. I mean, it scared the shit out of me. You know, it made me think, like, okay, you always got to know what you're shooting at. And um, yeah. and I think it's easy for, like, guys like you and I, like, to say, like, I know what is a deer and what isn't a deer. And if I don't know what it is, I'm not shooting it. Like, it's just, no. you know, it's never even crossed my mind, like, oh, I don't know what that is, but we're going to take a crack at it you know it's like yeah it seems bizarre that would even like cross someone's mind but it's just unfamiliar with the woods and how things move through the woods and 100 yeah it's a strange thing but i mean it happens man that's you just get i don't know it's just weird it's unfortunate but it's 
it happens every year, I'm sure, several times. Yep. Well, I got one thing I want to cover here, and this is kind of like the the end all here. So you and I both you had an unbelievable this year this year, but you also uh missed a buck this year, and so did I. Um mm-hmm. I missed a great buck in Michigan here, and I want to talk about how you bounce back from that. Like what is your do you have a routine or what it is like it is a freaking head game man like when you miss you know the buck that I was after I was like gunning for that buck like he was on the hit list he was number one or two on the hit list and like I had my one opportunity and I blew it um you know and you just feel like a a, like a dipshit you know so like when it when it happened to you how did you because you shot a buck that night you missed one that morning and shot one that night. Like how did you bounce back so quick? So my deal was the buck I missed, it was weird. Like something happened with my arrow. He was in standing corn, but I had an opening and I think I hit a stock that I didn't see or whatever. And it spun my arrow around. So I technically hit him, but it was very non-fatal, like not concerned about him being wounded or, or anything like that. But, um, I basically one beat mentally beat the hell out of myself all day and thought, well, who knows, make a move back in, slip in the other way. I walked through the standing corn <laughs> quietly and moved my way back in. Maybe he bounced back through and um, ended up killing another deer. But I think I'm not, re- I don't regret the, the, the deer I shot that night, but it, I definitely might've given him the pass if I m- mentally would have been feeling a little more confident. Does that make sense? Like, yeah, yep. I, I was a little beat down on my luck and, and kind of tearing myself up and, I'm like, man, this buck's nice. And I shot him. And I'm like, man, I'm back on the horse. Here we go. Yep. Um, and I, I found that other deer and, and killed him five days later. But um, no, I just beat myself up over it a little bit. But not like I didn't dwell over it. It was over a few hour period. It's like, well, if I don't go hunting and I sit here and beat myself up, I'm not going to find that deer again. For sure. You know, so um, I guess just stay persistent, man. You can't, that's hunting. You know, you can't expect to, to win every single time. That's yep. unrealistic. Um, but I think it's also just past experiences and, you know, well, well I, I did get a little shook up too. And that deer came in. It was the first good buck I seen for the year and all that. But um, really I just, you got to keep moving. You can't, yep. you can't, you can't let it stop you in your tracks. Cause then what do you, what am I going to do? Sit at home. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that's the perfect answer. Like you just got to get out there and, and first of all, I mean, I'm sure you did it. Uh, you know, go back, check your bow, shoot your bow, make sure you're good there. Oh yeah. Um, check 100%. your equipment and and then you know, and then it's just like, man, I just play it through my head over and over. What happened? What happened? What happened? Like, what could I do differently? What, you know, my instance this year, um, I have a limb that for cover, you know, I have a, a limb to my left that's, you know, I'm in an oak tree and I don't want to cut too much, but uh, I'm almost positive that my bottom limb hit that limb. And I, I did a couple things wrong. So for the first thing wrong was he was at 46 yards. It not that I don't feel comfortable shooting that. I, you know, I can more shoot room that for air. Yeah, more, a lot more room for air. The the number one mistake I did do though is I stopped him. I should not have stopped him. I tell myself every year, do not stop the deer. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and he was. I shouldn't say he was on high alert. But he was alert, like he alert enough for the distance yes, of the shot. Yeah, for sure, like fifteen yards or twenty yards. Yeah, I mean, chip shot. He won't 
more than likely probably won't duck your arrow. He did. I mean, I've, I self-filmed it. You could tell he even ducked my arrow a little bit too. And I'm like, man, but the progression, there's a long story that kind of goes through it with throughout that day um, with that deer that I had. And I had to make some decisions, you know, and what stand to go to and where do I think he's going to end up. And I, I did do everything right until the shot. And so I was pissed at myself that I didn't get him, but I was also like kind of over it quick because I'm like, well, man, look back at what you did. You get, you know, you only get, I only say I only get one opportunity a year and you've got to make the best of it. That was my mm -hmm. opportunity. I figured, yeah, that sucks. But I'm like, I did everything right up to that time. Um, and I just didn't execute. So it's like, that is all on me. You know, you got to go yeah. back to the drawing board now and get over it. Just, my dad would always tell me, get the fuck over it. You know, yeah. go go to the next play. Go to the next thing. Just get over it. It's done for. It's over. You know. I like how you said uh, visualize because I feel like that's a big thing. You know, like I'm always thinking about a shot or, you know, if like with that mishappens, I'm like visualizing it over and over and over again. But I, I'm sitting in my stand. I'm trying to run every scenario through my head. What if one comes this way? What if one does this? What if one does this? And I feel like, you know, it's not always guaranteed that it's going to keep you calm or more prepared. But if you think through situations before they happen, you're going to be a little more prepared than if you just sat on your Instagram on your phone and didn't think about it, you know? hundred uh, percent, man. Yeah. So I'm, I'm a big visualized guy. Like I will lay in bed and think about shot scenarios and different stands. I want to go to the following day. <laughs> I do the same I thing. Probably, yeah. It, I, it doesn't hurt. No, it doesn't. I almost, I thought I was like the only one out there that probably did that. I literally do that. <laughs> Like if I'm going to a stand in the morning, I'm like, okay, like, do I need, like even entry, like, okay, do I need to go in this way? Or I think uh -huh. there's going to be does out there. Like go this way. It's a never ending thing. I swear to God, my wife is talking to me all the time <laughs> when I'm doing it. And she's like, okay, yeah, you know, you're going to pick up Peyton from daycare. Right. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. Man. And then I forget. No, I don't, I don't forget to pick my daughter up from daycare, but like just one of those <laughs> things. It's like, yeah, you forget the little details. Yes. Yeah. I'm a terrible husband when it comes to that. But. Yeah, my wife back in the day would give me shit. Like I used to, I used to be in a jeep. So I, I'm just a hunting guy now. But like, she's like jeeps hunting, jeeps hunting, oh, pod, <laughs> jeeps hunting podcast. Jeep. Like that's my brain. But yeah. Uh, yeah, so now it's just hunting podcast, hunting podcast in my head. That's right, so <laughs> yeah. it's just I don't know. It's part of it, man. But yeah, I'm a I visualize everything. You know, it's thinking about it till I fall asleep. I wake up. I'm at work. I'm like, okay, I'm going out in the afternoon. Let's think about it. All right, I'm gonna park here. I'm gonna change and I'm gonna slip in and. And it can't hurt, you know, maybe yep. it's a little extra, but. Have you ever had, like, um, like I, last year I had this incident. I, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm all chips are in on this sit. Like, I'm going to this stand. It's been the first time I got the perfect win, you know. As I'm looking at the app, I got the perfect wind of like going to stand. You pull into the drive, or like, where you're going to park. And I'm like, fuck, I do not have the perfect win. And it's like, th I mean, wrench in the spokes, like, oh. God dang it, dude. Like, Wind right at, okay, so I got to go to C stand, you know, like I'm not going to see, I haven't seen any deer. And then everything like for the past years, I have never seen a deer out of this stand, you know, and then a shooter walks you and you're like, oh, sure. <laughs> Meant you to know? be, yeah. When that happens, typically if I'm like all chips in on a spot or a game plan for the afternoon or for the day and I get there and it's like doing something else, I'm, I'm kind of a baby about it. 
Uh, I'm a baby about it until I'm like, all right, pull your shit together. Let's figure something else out. Yep. You know, like, yep. I, I visualized it so heavily. Like we're talking about that when it gets there, then I have to revisualize what I'm doing now. So yeah. the mental fuckery that goes on is tough. Well, and it, and I feel like I'm always in a rush. Like I'm always like trying to grab my goal like, like I'm going, you know, I'm like, oh, like I'm always tense, you know, through the fall. You and I seem pretty similar about how we think about things because I'm the same way. And it's like, man, you know, I plan this out. I'm a planned oriented guy and it's like, and I'm a goal oriented guy. So it's like, you know, I want to do this on Thursday. Like I'm going here, hunting here. And then if anything of that gets like bumped and I get my, you know, my expectations high, if anything goes wrong, it's like immediate a hundred to zero, like fuck, you know, like, like, like you said, I'm a baby, but I'm a little bitch about it sometimes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm right there with you, man. Exactly, hundred percent. Oh well, that's what makes us work, and you know, get. I'm, I get apparently it's work. Get done what we got to get done, and we figure it out one way or another. Yep, for sure. Well, hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna let you go here. We, I, I mean, we did an awesome podcast. I just like these conversations a little different from the day to day that I do on, you know, the success stories and other things. And I just want to bullshit with you. But before we do wrap it up, um, June 12th, you guys got the shoot going on, right? Yes, sir. Yeah. We have our annual bow shoot. So, so do you want to like promote that a little bit, throw it out there? Yeah. It's a Galesburg archery club. If you know where Galesburg, Illinois is, it's in Ryo, Illinois, which is right outside of Galesburg, Uh 30 target outdoor 3d course. Um, it's, it's not like some crazy shooting down mountains type of 3d course, but it's just a, a fun 3d course. We mix it up as best as we can for being in Illinois with just different scenarios and shots, but um, all ages is welcome. It's not a competition. You can keep score if you want. And then uh, we got prizes and hunt giveaways or not hunt giveaways, gear giveaways. We should give away a hunt, uh, but prizes. And then afterwards we have an after party at a local tavern, which is kind of cool. So we're trying to just support local everything in our area um so come on out have some fun sure um do you have is there places do a lot of people stay yeah galesburg illinois so workingclassbowhunter.com forward slash shoot 2021 and shoot spelled s-h-e-w-t because we're idiots yep um so yeah right there galesburg illinois i have like an expedia link to all the close hotels i think it's 15 to 20 minutes to in town galesburg um so not far at all but uh it's a good time man so Come out, relax, shoot your bow, and, and conversate about hunting with like-minded people. So Good deal, man. Well, again, appreciate you coming on doing this. We'll have to do it again. Thank you very yeah, thank much. You, man. We'll and get you on the podcast on our side of the things here soon. Yeah, whenever whenever you guys want to learn nothing about deer hunting or anything like that, just you know, bring me on. <laughs> <laughs> well, we need to get you down in the studio, and we'll drink some beer and do a long-haul episode, as I like to call them, like a three-hour just deep dive. We should. We should. I was just actually... I was trying because you came out with the shoot today, or I think it was today that I saw the stuff, and I'm like, well, how far is that for? Uh, you're six and a half hours from me, so it's not too bad. Not okay. terrible, no. No. Not terrible, no. So, well, good deal, man. Thank you very much. I'm going to let you go, so uh, appreciate it. Thank you, man. All right, there you have it. Another great episode. Kurt Geyer, like I said in the beginning, I cannot thank this man enough. He's been a great human to me. Um, he's a straight shooter. 
Love talking to him and just cutting it up, BSing, man. I hope to God that I can get to Illinois this year on June 12th, and hopefully everybody out there listening would like to go to their shoot as well on June 12th, Gillsburg, Illinois. Go to their website, Working Class Bowhunter. Look for the shoot tab. You can go in there and look at all the everything and where the shoot is at and you know how to get a place to stay he said there's hotels and everything in galesburg and they have a 3d target shoot and it's just a good time i've heard i wanted to go last year didn't get a chance to do it but this year i'm really hoping to do that hopefully i'll be able to get there and hopefully you guys can too so check that out thank you again kurt for coming on i'm gonna cut everybody loose here thank you for listening to the fall podcast and don't forget go to itunes leave a five-star rating and leave a review just type in a little something something there i really appreciate it and hopefully this has been a mental vacation for you guys every week and just kind of unplug and and uh, from your daily lives and just listen to me talk nonsense with uh, some like-minded people so thank you very much gonna cut you loose here And we will see you right here next week on the Fall Podcast.